welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. I am coming to you from the West Coast, and that is Nate Weitzer coming to you from the East Coast. He was on the West Coast. Now he's back, and he is ready for some baseball stuff out here as we're talking about a Tuesday slate in this video. Uh, nothing to report yet on the Monday slate for you guys. I can't say that the Miami at Cincinnati money line bet failed, even though we had a nice start from Yuri Perez back from uh, the minors. Either way, uh, went probably at least one, we got the Pablo Lopez here. Oh, and we got Dylan C. So, you know, not too bad, but most likely about a two and two, three and two night, depending on how this thing turns out uh, at the end of the game for the Yankees. So we'll continue on. We're still at plus like three and a half units. Nate's going to help us out. We're only going to get better. So uh, do make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We are coming back to you guys each and every weekday. Also head to thelines.com. Use the odds finder tool that we have there for you guys for baseball. So you can see all the books giving us bets this season. Nate, you want to kick us off with your first best bet here for Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I'm jumping back in here and seeing the Blue Jays getting it together. Uh, I mean, they were pretty good all year here against non-division opponents, but coming off of that that smashing of the Red Sox, so now their their bats are clearly alive, and they just managed to beat Cleveland three one here in the series opener on Monday night. Uh, so I would take them again on the money line, pretty close to even money. I mean, it's minus one five to one fifteen, depending where you get it here. Lean under as well, uh, but I would I would probably put the full unit on the Jays and then and then look at the under if you agree with some of the stuff. But just you're looking at a pretty rock solid starter for Toronto in, in Kikuchi, uh, who's you know two and oh, two point three ERA last five. The only loss against his former team, and, and really the biggest issue for him the last couple of years has been being homer prone. Uh, 24% homer fly ball last year. It's pretty high this year, 17%, but his slider is much better. He's avoiding barrels. And we're talking about the Cleveland Guardians, the 30th ranked power offense uh, against lefties, against anybody, really. Um, and for the last couple of years now, just completely bereft of power. Josh Naylor is going to be out a couple of weeks as well. Uh, to take a bat of their lineup. And Jose Ramirez is going to be suspended. He might can, he might still be appealing and still be in the lineup for this game. But, uh, I mean, you take him out of that lineup, and, man, it does it suck. Uh, versus we know the Jays can mash. As I said, yeah, they just scored 28 runs in, in three days at, at Fenway. And on the road this year, they're actually lighting it up even better. Um, and then, yeah, you got Tanner Beebe, who's a, a, a stud prospect. Uh <laughs> And, and pitching really well in his last five as well. Um, you know, I think there are some things to indicate that he could get into trouble with Toronto, uh, that he has some reverse platoon splits, that struggles with righties, so Vlad Jr. and company, that he's gotten a bit lucky with the strand rate here in those last five starts. So I would. that's why I think there's a there's a chance Toronto would pull away and, and get you over eight runs here because they, they can go off. Uh, but when you're talking about Cleveland, I mean, they're, they're low-scoring money. And, and Toronto, out of the division, has been going under at a 62% rate here this year. Uh, their bullpen has been so much better than we saw in the last couple of years. Their whole staff has been better. So I think we might actually see something similar here tonight where, where we had that 3-1 win. Yeah. Yeah, I, w I was feeling that way when I was looking at what was going on tonight with this team. Um, and, man, it's like – it's Josh Naylor, who does hit from the left side of the plate, 
is st- was way above his his career averages when it comes to batting versus lefties this year, and that is why he's actually been like a top ten hitter in baseball, and why he's also been uh, why why this team has had its its averages raised and its numbers sort of put above what they should be because Naylor's sort of above his pay grade as well this year. And now that he's out, man, it's, it's anemic uh, in Cleveland. So I, I would, I would find a way to fade them uh, and, and especially the runs there. And yeah, the Jays offense, like it's been great uh, for a while. It's just, it's so sporadic and erratic um, with, with them that like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna get, but I do like Bybee and he's looked really good, especially uh, since the all-star break uh, and even a couple games before it. So I, I'm, I'm back in the, the under there with you for sure. So uh, my first game here, I'm looking, I really like a couple things in this Doyers game. They're in Arizona um, and their offense has been, crushing it uh especially against uh, le- uh they're playing f- against righties i mean really everybody i mean wherever you want to uh, break down this this dodgers offense um over the course i mean i i looked at the, specifically the last seven games where they've been the best offense in baseball averaging uh 11 hits per game eight and a half runs they have 13 home runs uh in the last seven games and their team batting average is 512 or excuse me 512 312 uh so which feels like 512 freddie freeman's been the best hitter in baseball and if you know acuña junior hadn't just put together an already ridiculous season if it ended today freddie freeman might have a shot at the uh the, the nl mvp unfortunately uh acuña junior is too good but he's been that good over the course of the last like 2 months especially so uh i i think there's an opportunity to uh get runs going here and, and brandon fott's been good when he's been back uh, from missing after missing about a month of the season, came back, uh, had a, a really shaky start at the end of June. And then since then, you know, that was his first start back from injury. Since then, he's lowered his ERA over his last four starts. Um, in his last three, he's gone three earned, three earned um, to the uh, to the D-backs uh, there. But um, uh, excuse me, not to the D-backs, but against them, for them. Uh, and then he gave up one earned run against the Giants in like was clearly his best start of the season. Seems like it's picking up a bit for him. Um, but I still think that he's faced some some bad offenses, and that's what we're getting at here with the Giants and the Mariners, who at the time especially were one of the worst teams in baseball against righties. So, you know, the, I, I think there's good reason to get the, the over four and a half runs here because then when you look at Urias, this is like maybe his second worst season of his career at this point. The other one was another one where he was dealing with injuries in 2020. The ERA is at 4.69, but the XERA is uh, is at is a little bit better. The FIP is right around the same. The thing that I'm looking at is the the barrel percentage up at about eight and a half, highest of his career other than that 2020. He hasn't really been able to top out above 93. His his max velo right now is under that, uh, and so that's why I think guys are seeing the ball a lot easier against him, uh, which is why I think there's good opportunity for runs here. And I think the, the my favorite bet that I just couldn't bet while we're recording this on Monday night, Nate, is Urias to go under his Ks, and and that would be where I would really lead things uh, with, with how I'm betting this game and, and putting about a half a unit on that. Uh, because while Arizona has been an awful, awful offense against lefties, uh, fifth worst batting average since July started, seventh worst WRC plus, fifth worst slugging, they don't strike out. They have the third best K rate uh, and the second best K to walk rate in in against lefties in that time. So I think we're probably going to get a bit of value with a guy who's known to strike guys out, who's got the lowest K rate of his career over the last five seasons, uh, except for 2020, and has a, a really bad K to walk percentage this year as well. I think you're going to get a lot of walks and the ability for guys to not get struck out once he gets into the stretch. Uh, and that's why I would take under six and a half or five and a half Ks, like maybe hit them both a little bit and, and take the juice on one side and, and get it back on the other kind of thing um, and, and feel like he's going to not get up to seven and probably less than six. 
Yeah, I like that because I don't think he's going to go deep. I, I think the Dodgers are continuing to, you know, play the long game with him and try to keep him healthy for the playoffs. And you look at, I mean, he has great numbers against the D-backs in his career, but still, you know, topping out at about 5Ks when he gets like five, six innings. And, uh, you know, that's with a bit of a longer leash in, in past seasons when he's been when he's been running hot. And now, yeah, not. Not so much, but I, I mean, I'm I'm on the over here for the for starters. I think I'd be on the over for the entire game too, mm-hmm. at, at nine runs. I mean, it's Chase Field. It's still fifth or sixth highest run factor uh, in the majors. Incredibly high extra base factor for lefties. The Dodgers have plenty of dangerous lefties in there, and I think the D-backs still have the worst bullpen. Uh, in the majors last month and a half or so has been a reason why they they lost that lead and and so I mean yeah you got a rookie starting he's not going to go that deep yeah. Urias might not go very deep so yeah I, I think you could get plenty of runs in the later innings as well yep um, I wouldn't be a good welcome back show if I didn't dump on Josh's Mets who. It looks like they're going to get the win tonight. I mean that game might have to actually be resumed in the morning. Uh, or in the afternoon before this one, uh, as it's absolutely pouring here on the East Coast. But yeah. in any case, I mean, you got the Cubbies looking to bounce back now. Maybe that'll keep the juice down because it, it opened at minus 115 for the Cubs money line here on Tuesday. Um, and it's crept up to minus four, 140 at some places. I still see minus 135 FanDuel. Uh, because you have Jamison Tyone, who's, who's an extremely good young pitcher. And you have Carlos Carrasco, the, the ghost of Carlos Carrasco. Going for the Mets, uh, you know, an 8.1 ERA his last five. He has seven starts at City Field this year. It's 8.3 ERA. That I mean, the the Mets just Scherzer just dropping a bomb on his way out. That I you know internally, a lot of these players had to be aware of the situation. But when it's publicly, like, like you're just on a, a tanking franchise for the next couple of years, it's hard. It's hard to bounce back from that. He gets swept at Kansas City which is just laughable. Uh, and then the Cubbies, I don't know how many people are paying attention, but like 20 and 10 over the last 30, uh, you know, if they if they lose this game. Tyone, like I said, has been hot. 2.08 ERA his last five. He, he has good numbers against the Mets back when he was with the Pirates and, and just coming up. But this year, uh, you know, he's, he's pitching really well. Um, against both sides of the plate, he he has been a little homer prone against lefties, but like, where's the Mets' lefty power right now? Like, everybody underachieving in that lineup. Giorme is out. Uh, Nimo just hit 161 in July. Starling Marte is also out uh, from the right side there. So I I just think yeah, one team's playing for something, and the other team is just like chemistry could not be worse. You, you touched on a lot of things there. <laughs> All of which I have strong feelings about. The first one is good news. I disowned them while you were away, so I'm not a Mets fan anymore. Uh, so that's a that's a good thing. The the interesting thing about tanking in the majors is they don't know how to do it. You're not supposed to talk about it if you just take a leaf out of the book of any NBA team. Like call Sam Presti up; he'll tell you how to do this. You don't talk about it. Uh, and then the ghost of Carrasco is a yurfy bot machine yes run first inning uh so if you find any good odds which is not my favorite bet you know it's a little bit better than like nba first basket bets but not much uh but either way if you're going for a a run first inning bet i would go on the side of yes in this game uh especially carrasco against this lineup that outside of the two runs they put up through seven innings tonight on monday has been 
a, a top five offense in baseball for the last month and a half, um, putting up football scores at times. So um, I, I can't disagree with anything you said. Tonight was the one night that it was probably unfortunate to, to bet on uh, against the Mets, and that's because Pete Alonso, once every six to seven games, hits two home runs and gets five RBIs. Uh, I'm not joking. Like, if you look at his game log, that's literally how he's been batting since the last two weeks, basically. So he's either one or two home runs or 0 for 4 in a couple Ks. And tonight was the night he got the home runs. I think it's still safe to go back to uh, to fading the Mets as they are fading themselves, as we said, and they admitted <laughs> publicly. So uh, I'm going to finish things off. With a Tampa game, man, uh, I, like I, I was, I'm kind of going back and forth on this one because I, I don't always, I don't trust the Rays' offense too much, but I am gonna back them at home against the Cards in the first five uh, with the run line there. So you know, the money. If you want to maybe put a little bit on the money line, kind of do, do what I was talking about earlier, both ways. You get the money line, and then you at least get a push if that game ends at, after five at such or add to the run line. Cause I, the, the money line is like minus 172. So I'm going to take the half a run and assume that they're going to be winning by a run here. One of the things that I, I'm, I'm looking at here is like, maybe this isn't the way you look at stats and break them down because a smaller sample size is never as good as a bigger sample size. But I think the turnaround in the recency is a little bit real. I think the way that they mash right-handed pitching against the Tigers since, you know, in their last series and the way that they've been hitting it since August started is more apropos of who they are, not the team that's been bottom five against right-handed pitching over the course of the last, like, two months. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and shorten my, my purview to since August started when they're back to 11th in WRC, uh, batting average, rather, 12th in WRC+. Plus. Uh, 13th in, uh, what was the last, uh, in Woba. Um, so, I, you know, the fact that they were really bad, I think they're, they've turned it around, at least against righties. I'm fine with fading Michaelis, like always. Uh, he's got the highest barrel rate of his career going. He's got an ERA of 429 and an ex-ERA of 496, which is really gross. And then a FIP of 413, but an ex-FIP of 466. Like, he's he's gotten lucky in a couple stretches. He's had really good hitting against him. Um, but I do think that Eflin's going to have some some success uh, against this cards lineup with the way that he's been pitching. I can go through his numbers, but outside of a couple bad starts over his last five or seven games or so, uh, he's been like pretty lights out and, and getting deep into games, really nice FIP uh, and really nice ERA as well as an incredible uh, K to walk ratio up above 22%. So uh, there's a really good reason to, to like Tampa Bay, at least in, in the first five. I don't know of how much I trust their bullpen right now, which has not been as good as it needs to be for a team that likes to rely on it. So I do think they want Eflin to go a little bit further into the game, which should be good for him and, and for them. Yeah. Yeah, he's the rare guy who will actually uh, pitch starters innings for the for right. the Rays. And, uh, but I think the way you want to go with this is actually just take the Rays over four and a half runs then, which is plus one hundred at DK. If you're not quite sure, you know whether they're gonna they're gonna yeah. light it up immediately if they're gonna get to Mikolas or, or they're gonna get to this Cardinals bullpen, which is you know now bare very much bare bones and yeah. By the way, I used to be a Cardinals fan uh, as well, and uh, <laughs> yeah, now just kind of ignoring that for the next couple yeah. of years. Their their bullpen's actually been uh, much better in the last month and a half. I mean, I, I looked at that specifically, so that that was one thing that scared me about the full game. But I think you can still get the runs off of Michaelis and a combination of like probably four to five innings at least from the bullpen, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they've been better, but it's not like we're talking about like major league arms here necessarily it's 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 a great farm system still with the cardinals just for whatever reason not putting it together this year uh and yeah the rays i i mean they they're fully capable of, of starting to get back on track here 
in August, like you said, like after a little slump, they can, they can score five runs pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. I have hundred percent. We forget that at one point they were 30 and nine and actually a better offense than the Braves for like a month. So that is all the time that we have for you guys though. Happy to have Mr. Weitzer back with us here on the coast to coast podcast. So until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>